take a ride into the minds of the faces on the train. Perceptions, influences, differences, similitudes, one interactive moment at a time. Say I see a man on my morning run, and he's with his dog on a leash, and we are by a Spanish villa-style courtyard with a woman looking faint. Her dog lunges, and I scream out, B, and she picks up a brick to throw it at me. Her name is Amy. Faces on the train. Amy alive. Everything on Amy's path is evidence of an approaching trial. The alarm clock rings. A thin film offers sticky resistance as she bats her eyes open. On her back, her puffy morning face leans toward the windows like a sunflower. Amy is pretty. She has always been pretty. She is watching little rainbows glisten through the shutters of her lashes. She is playing with the sun, splitting its rays like a flash in the pan. It does not burn her irises and she cannot touch it with her hand. The sun is hot but distant. These are the thoughts that pull Amy back into life. This is how she is waking her senses. The chatter of the birds talking over one another fades into range, a loud swollen rainstorm swooping through the caverns in her mind. The mystery of her dreams sits just outside of memory. Amy smells the dog has wet the floor. The pungent perfume pushes through her lucid dawn. This fuels the drive and resolution through her legs, sending her feet and body into motion. Amy arches like a cat with two bald hands throwing fists in the air. Her fingers unfold and relax the grasp she holds on nothing. She is clutching a subconscious thought that releases like trained birds or a string of rainbow scarves. Standing tall like a tree, she lumbers toward the bathroom. Her big spirit ducks to clear the door. Milk and honey from the river's bed become a sink basin faucet. Back home, in her body, she listens to it run. She listens to it warming. The water sings to Amy and she washes. First her face and her body in quick soapless showers. Then the hardwood with ammonia in a bucket with the rag, and her spatula and fry pan with jungle green palm olive, and the single mug, eggs, butter, paprika, pepper, tea. She throws a corner crumb of toast to the dog and slides into her plastic clogs. This confuses the beast with two potential joys at once. His jaw snaps on the treat with a bark, and he circles by the door. Her shoulder purse is weightless, her keys feel like a weapon, and she always grabs her phone. This is her new ritual, her crafty calculations away from the stalking game. Amy meets Kevin at Company League Softball. His soft brown curls are a melodious bounce, and his eyes are blue like Kentucky Mint Juleps. His words are boyishly playful, riddled with elaborate humor to prove him super smart. To seduce laughter from her lips is his very life breath, and he uses his wit to hunt her for her smiles. Those happy dates pass lyrically for almost a month before the strange red flag drops from his demeanor. The day it happens, in her sleeping hours, she has missed a call. She wakes up to her honest rule of thumb during times when a man seduces her attention. She is gauging her senses. She's going door to door, peeking into the compartments where her feelings stay. Amy is monitoring her responses. Who is this man? She follows each thought that races through her daybreak blood. She is looking for hot... She's looking for cold, and she's looking for residue left by unsatisfying lovers. This is Amy before she listens to the message after the missed call. Bitter garble stalls her whole body at the sound of this voice. The anger is a chilling bile. It is hate. It is hissed. It is beyond instant recognition. It is Kevin. Her new lover has strung a wicked rotting strand of profanity and spits it to the inbox. This starts the first season of unreturned calls. Clearly, Amy is the unfortunate object of an obsession. This is why she measures her movements in sensations. 
The shape of the knob is cold in Amy's hand. The push lock sits dead center on her palm. The hallway winds rush through a seal as she opens up the door, stirring the stagnant haunts in her vestibule. Part of her is only eyes, and they are hiding on the ceiling in the corner of the stairwell. Part of her is just a nose, smelling no cologne, but some neighbor's breakfast bacon. Part of her is only ears, hearing breath that is hers, breath that dominates the conversation and the doggy's raspy air. She hears a bass line. There are no other sounds, beast or human. This is how Amy's brain works now because she is the object of unwanted attention. This was a sexless affair with initially no missed calls nor coy deceptive miscommunication. Amy bought all her own drinks. And now that this spring has come, she moves about more freely. She does not wake with a panic. She does not wake with a start. Her body has regained its cadence. Just like today, first the consciousness, then the eyes with no other movement. Then the life bleeds back into her, and the muscles warm, and the dream of the night whispers to her its secrets. Amy posts a boundary on every part of her approaching path. Her mind travels to the dog's walk, the bus stop, the parking lot, the entrance at the job, making safe spaces one after another. They are safe in the yard. Sun shines, dog runs, dog barks, dog fetches, and she has been in her reverie. This is why when they go back inside, it's no surprise she must pick up the rock. This is the story of what happens with Amy, alive. Faces on the train. Her name was Amy. Poetry in its verb tense. Something that has to happen, like breath or other involuntary bodily functions. Poetess, the action, like love the verb or other things the will does not stop. Heart, lungs, breath. Poetess in action has to happen. I am poetry, the verb tense, linguistically unmenacing. Ah, ah, ha, ha, has to happen. Like breath, that's what emotion does. Me, verb tense, like a bamboo cane or a dousing rod or something quick. Poetry, poetry, it does not touch you, non-invasive. The poetess, the verb, making my emotions happen. Ben. Poet tense, the verb, involuntary emotional bodily functions, poetess, involva tense, intellectual contractions, ha, ha, has to happen, poetry intense, ha, has to happen, cranially involved like birth or penetration, poetry in action, verb tense, emotion, the unclassified physical organ, overlooked cells and tissue structures, emotional organs, the the color capillaries of our stories in bodily form. Poetry has to happen. Has to happen. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and transform them into language so they can be shared. Audrey Lord, Sister Outsider. Faces on the Train is written, narrated, and produced by Felicia Chappelle with creative director Will Walker. Audio engineering and production assistance, Mary Evans. Music composition, Umvikeli G. Scott Jones. Content editor, Connor Jameson. Special thanks to Bomani Moyenda and Khalil John. Graphics, Miss Hanifa Jones. Email us at info at womenworkwonders.com or follow us on Instagram at womenworkwonders.com. Wonders. Thank you to our entire production team and thank you very much to our listeners. Catch the next episode of Faces on the Train.